golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. When you hang out with me. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house Holly G, along with my amazing caddies, <laughs> Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club, and Will Perry, who is tweeting, and he is Facebooking, and connecting with all of you, because we are, oh my gosh, we are on such a marathon, it is the fourth and final major of the golf season, the PGA Championship. Absolutely incredible, isn't it? The fourth major already, and it's only July. How would you like to be the players? Oh, my goodness. Turning around from Troon, coming back, they barely had time to do their laundry and catch up on some sleep. I doubt they do any laundry. Yeah, well, I think uh, maybe Jason Day does and a few uh, diaper changes, too. Yeah. I think he's a he's a, he's a pretty good dad. He's probably a hands-on dad like, like me. Yeah, absolutely. My little men. Absolutely. Well, we have a lot of golf to talk about tonight. And uh, before we do, because we're going live to Baldestral up in Springfield, New Jersey, and we have got a packed lineup of our favorite golf insiders tonight. But we want to uh, remind you again that uh, the Golf Insiders is part of a very, very special event coming up next month, August the 26th. That's Friday, August the 26th for our Golf United Charity Scramble for Pulse Orlando. Uh, the golf community is showing its heart and getting together with uh, a whole bunch of uh, pros and sponsors. And uh, we're looking for players. This is going to be a big event. Uh, we're sponsored by Grand Cypress Golf Club. They have been so generous to give us the golf course as well as uh, the hospitality. Big shout out there to Robert Scott, their tournament director. And this is going to be a fantastic event that will benefit the One Orlando Fund and Pulse of Orlando Funds. Uh, $85 per person to play. What a deal. Get a group of players to come on out. $300 per foursome. We're looking for whole sponsors. And uh, also, if you want to just participate and donate $49 for a par 3 sign in memory of the victims of the Pulse tragedy, there's all ways that you can participate and we're shooting for uh, a big donation here of, uh, we hope, up to $50,000 that we can contribute to this fantastic uh, event and uh, benefit many of uh, the victims and their families. So uh, go check it out online, golfunited.org, golfunited.org. You can register. We've still got some places available. We'd love to see you out there. iHeart uh, will be out as well with some of their uh, talent and celebrities. So it's going to be a fun event, lunch, after party, entertainment, silent auction, 
I don't know how you can spend $85 for a better cause and uh, come spend a great day with all of us at the Golf Insiders. So we look forward to seeing you be part of the Golf United Charity Scramble for Pulse Orlando, golfunited.org. So we won't waste any more time because we have a jam-packed show. Lots of our favorite Golf Insiders calling in from the press center up at Baldestraw, and we are going to go to our top dog, Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Holly, how are you? Well, I know all you guys out there on the beat have been uh, burning the midnight oil and the airline miles as much as the players have, having been over in Scotland and now uh, back to cover the fourth major. Yeah, as I, you know, I was listening to you guys. It is hard to believe. Um, you know, we're having the fourth major. It's going to end in July. Uh, it's been a long time since uh, since it, that's worked out that way. Uh, 1968 was the last time we had uh, two majors in the same month, and it's uh, it's just a little bit odd. I, I think it's a little unfortunate, actually. You know, we we. I'd like to be able to sort of relish what happened at Royal Troon and and kind of build up to this one, and there's not really been a lot of time for that. You know, it's already here and starting first thing in the morning. Yeah, the honeymoon's over for Henrik already. You know, he w- wins wins this, his first major, and we're already talking about the uh, PGA Championship. Yeah, it's good and bad. I mean, the good news is, is you know, he's obviously was playing very well 10 days ago. And, uh, you know, it's, there's not been a lot of time gone by for his form to, to suffer. Uh, but by the same token, you know, he, he hasn't had a whole lot of chance to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd like maybe a little bit more time to kind of gear back up and, and get back into it. You know, it's almost a, a bit of a, of a cram session to learn the golf course and to get your swing back in sync and, and all those, and all those other things. I mean, you know, it, it makes you wonder if the guys who weren't in the open, who didn't play, are, are at a bit of an advantage because, uh, uh, you know, it's just a lot, it's just a lot to endure here. Um, and then, you know, then there's guys who played last week as well. So uh, it's uh, it's a it's a daunting schedule, and uh, and uh, but they've all you know they've they've all got to deal with it, and, and they've got a tough golf course and some hot weather to contend with as well. Well, somebody that I would think that would play well for because he likes to play right into the majors, and that would be Phil. Uh, took last week off, but he likes to ride it and, you know, uh, come into these majors, you know, hot and, and uh, you know, ready to go. Yeah, this is probably good for Phil um, in that he um, – you know, he's not had any time to really kind of wallow in disappointment out after after Troon. I mean, it just, um, uh, you know, that was a tough one to, to play that well and not win. You know, he really it is, a, it is a performance of a career that he had, and it was it was beat by a, another performance of a career. And, you know, it would be pretty easy for Phil to maybe, you know, lose a little steam, but you know, he's not gone home since Scotland. He came to the New York area. He had some business here um, last week. He's he's was at Baltusrol uh, last week and going into the weekend. He got in some good prep on the course, um, and he even said, "You know, I, I want to take advantage of playing well. You know, I've, my game's in good shape, and I don't want to let the opportunity pass." So, 
you know, in a weird way, maybe for Phil, this is a good thing uh, that this has come up so quickly. You know, you make a good point there that he hasn't been home yet, and he's had business, he had the emotional um, letdown of, well, actually, he played some of his best golf that I've ever seen him play on that Sunday. What a great Sunday that was. And, uh, you know, then flying back over, it was a little bit of emotional letdown for him. But with him being so busy right now and not having really time to maybe think about, like, wow, here's another major. I mean, could his could he be running on fumes this week maybe? Or is he riding that emotional high of playing really well and then being more eager to get back out on the golf course and can't wait to tee it up on Thursday? Yeah, I think, Phil, you know, I, I'm not sure that fatigue is, is going to be a problem. Um, it's a, certainly a good question, you wonder. Uh, but if this had been another year, you know, he would have gone home after the week of the Open. He would have probably put his clubs away, not done anything until the Bridgestone. You know, last year there were two events after the, after the Open before the Bridgestone. This, uh, and some years there's only been one. But a lot of times what they've done is they've used the Bridgestone to sort of gear back up. And, uh, you know, if Phil put the clubs away and, and just sat at home and kind of thought about what happened and, uh, you, know, you know, maybe that wouldn't have been so good. He, he really hasn't had that, I don't want to say luxury, but just it wouldn't have been smart. You know, he, he knew that he had another tournament right coming back. There was no sense in getting away from golf for very long. Um, and that for Phil, I think that's good. He typically plays the week before a major. Obviously, he didn't last week, but I think what he did was he, he tried to stay sharp by getting in some practice rounds with Baltusrol last week before the crowds arrived. And, and uh, you know, the fatigue part, if he can overcome that, I think it's something that you do wonder about at this point, especially with the heat. Uh, but he was supposed to go play Pine Valley today, so it doesn't seem like he's too – too concerned about losing any energy and uh uh you know i think that kind of keeps phil stoked a little bit to do something like that so we'll see uh uh if he can keep the form going he's got an early tea time with rory and jason day and and uh you know so he's got plenty of motivation with those young guys right. to keep them moving i noticed yesterday he played with uh he played with jordan out there in his practice round and whatnot did you get a chance to follow him around at all yesterday didn't follow him much. Uh, just was in for his media session. Uh, he um, sounded like he was in a good frame of mind and, and happy with his game. Uh, obviously, completely different style of golf here than what he played right. in Scotland, where you know he controlled his ball so nicely um, and and managed himself very well. Only four bogeys for the week. That's impressive, you know and. Uh, if he can limit the damage like that here this week, I think he'll have a great shot. Well, like, you know, many open or um, t- traditional classic courses like we're getting to see at Baltusrol, uh, a Tillinghast design. I just love the majors this year and the great golf courses we've returned to. They've talked about, you know, the emphasis again on having to hit it straight. Uh, obviously, length is going to be always an advantage. So you look at, you know, DJ, of course, you know, seeming to just be in a zone, um, much like Jordan was last year, now that he's gotten that U.S. Open under his belt. But if if you look at, um, you know, Jordan, Rory, you know, who, of course, those guys, I think, are disappointed big time they haven't had a major this year. So who would you bank on in terms of, uh, you know, the the big three slash four? 
Yeah, I, I actually kind of like Rory for the reasons you just said. You know, there's, you know, I think he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, a little bit annoyed that uh, things haven't gone his way this year. But yet, he's, it's not like he's been horrible. You know, he's had a lot of good golf that he's played. He, he did win the Irish Open. Um, he was, you know, at Troon, he was, he was in the next wave of players after Stenson and Mickelson. And, uh, you know, so I, and I think this, this course is, is sets up well for him. A long course with, with uh, some softer conditions. We had a ton of rain here on Monday. And the hot, humid conditions means that typically they got to keep some water on the greens. So that that sets up nicely for Rory, you know. And if he can if he can bomb that driver into play, I think he's got a great chance. You know, Spieth too, a little bit annoyed. They know this is the last last chance this year to win a major. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them were up there. Uh, and uh, you know, they've got time to rest up later. The fact that neither one of those guys is going to the Olympics. You know, their attitude ought to be, look, I got three weeks off after this. Guys who are skipping the Olympics all of a sudden have a, a, uh, an unusual break at this time of year because now they're, they're going to have some time to regroup before the FedEx Cup playoffs and, um, and, and obviously the Ryder Cup for, for those that can participate in that. So uh, Rory uh, and Dustin Johnson and Jordan are not playing in the Olympics and and they uh, they have you know have no reason to not sort of put everything into this this week. Well, Bob, who are you uh, looking to hoist the Wanamaker Trophy on Sunday? Well, I picked Rory for the reasons I just said, um, you know. But again, this tournament is the deepest of the four majors. There's a reason. There's a lot of first-time major winners here um, because there's so many more guys in the field. I mean, there's a lot of players that don't get in the U S open and the PGA or, or excuse me, or the, uh, the British open and the U S open who are very capable of winning if they would qualify. And here there are no qualifiers. There are no, um, amateurs in the field. It's, uh, you know, the, they've got the most of the top 100 of any of the majors. So it spreads things out a little bit. There's more names that can, that can contend. So uh, it's a hard one to pick, but uh, I, I, I like Rory. I think he's, his game is pretty good. And, again, I think the course suits him beautifully. Bob, that, right. I think that's a great pick. Bob Bob Herrig, we love you. And uh, <laughs> drink a little uh, Red Bull, my friend, because um, I, I know you need some. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Take it easy. All right, Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Stay with us, the Golf Insiders. We have so much more PGA Golf Talk coming up. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back, the Golf Insiders. Taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house Holly G, along with Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club, and Will Perry tweeting away. And um, we have so much PGA Golf Talk tonight. We're going to talk to another one of our favorite golf insiders in just a minute. But again, let me remind you, our Golf United Charity Scramble for Pulse Orlando event is Friday, August 26th. 
at the Grand Cypress Golf Club. We've still got some spots available for players, $85 a person, or, hey, grab a few of your buddies for $300, come out and play. We've got uh, whole sponsors available for anybody that wants to come out and participate in this great, great event to benefit One Orlando Fund and Pulse of Orlando. To get more information, go to golfunited.org, golfunited.org. And uh, we're going to waste no more time. We're going to go to one of our favorite golf insiders up at Baldestraw, the one, the only, from the Philadelphia Daily News, Mike Kern. Hello, Michael. I got one stupid question. Why is Will tweeting? <laughs> he likes to tweet. Okay. What else okay. would I be doing, Mike? Um, something. No, I'm not going to go there. Just, no, no. <laughs> hey, all it's, eyes. It's... We know all eyes are on Philadelphia this week for the Democratic National Convention. But you got out of town, and you're there at Baldestral. I know you've played this golf course. It's a classic. AJ Tillinghast design. I love these courses for the majors. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to see in terms of the golf course. Well, it's a par 70, so you only have two par fives, and they're the last two holes on the golf course. And the 18th, um, guys can reach in two. So you do have the possibility of somebody maybe making an eagle coming in, certainly a birdie coming in. Um, So you do have that. And I think it's pretty long for a par 70. So, as with most majors, you're going to have to drive the ball. The guy, you know, the the people who drive the ball fairly long, you don't have to be real, real long, but and can put it in play, because with all the par fours here, you know, you're going to have to, you know, as as in any other major or most tournaments, the greens and regulation, fairways hit and greens and regulation are probably going to determine who the guys are. They're going to be there Sunday in contention. And, you know, so – you know, can Phil drive it like he did at the British Open? Uh, who knows? Um, you know, and obviously Dustin Johnson is a guy who can hit a long way, and I think he's finished in the top ten in eight of the last ten majors. And, you know, you also have defending champions Jason Day, and Jordan Spieth almost won it last year, and Rory's won it twice. So, you know, it looks like most of the guys who are at the top, you know, could figure into it. But, you know, we've had four straight first-time major winners going back to day last year at the PGA. So, you know, will that trend continue? You know, does that mean something for a God forbid, a Sergio or, or some other guy who's never won a major? So, you know, I, I think it's, it's an old time course. Like you said, it's been around. It's had some good winners. Nicholas won here twice. Uh, you know, Mickelson obviously won the PGA here in '05. Uh, so uh, it's had some good names win here. So, you know, we'll see how this week plays out. The par fours, uh, are any of these drivable? I know um, they're pretty tricky, lots of lots of bunkers, uh, but the players are going to be forced to rely a lot on their mid irons, right? Off the top, off the top of my head, and players, I played it last year, and I haven't. It's been ninety-five degrees, so it's not like I'm out walking the course. I don't think there's a drivable par four, and this is not a USGA event where the USGA might try to, you know, the PGA usually comes in and plays it as the course is because they don't care about par and things like that. Um, you know, I think the winning score here in 2005, I think was three or four under, if I'm not mistaken, because they actually had to go to Monday for a couple holes that year because they had weather come through on Sunday. And the forecast here is that on Friday and or Saturday, they could be getting thunderstorms. You know, it's 95 degrees in the Northeast. This is what happens. So, you know, it could make for kind of a weird week. Like we sort of had at Oakmont. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But, 
you know, the like I said, you don't have a course. You know, guys who usually terrorize par fives, like like a DJ, for instance, aren't really. There's only the two par fives, and they're at the end. And the 16th is basically a three shot par, or the 17th is basically a three shot par five. It's almost impossible to reach it. That doesn't mean you can't birdie it. Uh, 18, you can get there in two. Phil got there in two on Sun on Monday. Uh, in 2005, but it's it, how you play the par fours. I just think is really going to, you know, because there's 14 of them or 12 of them, and um, you know, and they're pretty hard. I mean, they're they're not easy par fours. They're not impossible par fours, but you know, it's like any other major. The guy who keeps the ball in play and gives himself chances on the green, you know, the Phil who's scrambling all over the place isn't the Phil who's going to win. But the Phil that we saw a couple weeks ago now. The question is, you're playing a major two weeks after you play the last one. That doesn't happen very often, but because of the Olympics, it's happening. So is that an advantage for guys who played well two weeks ago? I don't know, because it's a totally different kind of golf course. But, um, you know, I, I mean, you know, Stenson's coming off his first win. I mean, his, so who knows what kind of momentum he carries over. But, again, this is a different kind of course than that was. And, you know, so we'll have to see, you know, how, how the whole thing plays out. All right, Mike. Uh, who are you picking? Oh God, Holly! I don't. I, let me I mean, give, let me give you this one. If you're picking somebody for their first time major to follow in the trend here, who would you go with? Well, I mean, I don't have all the guys on the top. I mean, Ricky. I always How about, I always root. For, I always root for the good story. So because that's what you do. I would love to write Sergio at some point in my life because I like Sergio and I kind. I just don't know. He's my man. If Sergio has a minute. He's my man. Yeah, but you know what? The one thing Sergio doesn't do that he only does in a Ryder Cup is putt. And I just find it hard to believe that you're going to win a major not really big. And that was always Dustin Johnson. The knock on Dustin Johnson was he didn't putt well enough in a major. The thing with Dustin, he's hitting the ball so darn well. Now, Sergio can hit it great. I mean, he plays his irons about as well as anybody out here. So that gives you a chance. But, you know, if you took the Sergio to putts and Ryder Cups and put him in majors, he'd probably have three or four by now. But I would love to be sitting there on Sunday writing Sergio. But if it's not going to be Sergio, I mean, geez, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, off the top of my head, um, like, really good players. How about Snedeker? How about Snedeker? He's on a bit of a roll. Well, well, he can putt. I mean, that's the one thing he has going for him. You know, if his putter gets hot, he can he can do almost anything. Um, and then the question becomes, is it going to be a tournament – where the winning score is going to be like three, four, five under, or is it going to be a tournament where the score is going to be 12, 13, 14? I think in this weather and these conditions, I think I lean towards the scores being lower. I think some of the players have even kind of intimated that, that they wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe a fairly low number won this thing. I mean, when Jack won here in 80 in the U.S. Open, he shot eight under, which for a U.S. Open, it was a record, I think, at the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would, would I like to see Serge? I mean, my heart tells me that, 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 I mean, my heart, my head tells me that Dustin Johnson is going to be somewhere there, whether that means he's going to win. Be, but, I mean, he's just played so well in majors, and he's playing so well now. And he almost won last week. He was in contention. Well, he didn't almost win, but he was in contention. You, you, know, you almost have to start with him. Rory played well at the British in the beef slate. Um, All right, Kernsey. You know, I mean, we're, we're... Put it this way. Whoever wins, as long as we get out of here on Sunday, we'll all be happy. And all right. then we'll go back to Philly after the Democratic Convention leaves. All right, I'll be there for a cheesesteak and uh, and a uh, a little yingling. Whatever you want, kid. All right, Mike Kern from the Philadelphia Take Daily care. News. Thank you so much. And we're going to uh, 
take one quick breath and go straight back up to the press room to Jeff Babineau from Golf Week, who's been holding on the line. Hey, Babs. Hey, Ollie G. How you doing? Hey, doing great. Uh, we have just got a jam-packed show tonight because, uh, hey, it's the fourth major, right? We have got don't have another one for another eight months. It's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. We, we are running them off week after week here. I uh, know. So um, uh, tell me a little bit about what came out of the press conferences today. Jason Day letting on that he'd been a little under the weather, um, you know, maybe not 100% rested. What? Any other buzz coming out of the press room well yeah i mean he's he's definitely under the weather and not too rested and uh you know i i one word you kind of hear in there a little bit the past few days is impatience you know uh rory mcelroy's impatient he wants to break through and get a major jason day is a little impatient uh so these guys you know like you said it's gonna be eight months until you see it up again in a major and, and there's a lot at stake this week you know you get double points for the Ryder cup guys uh, you try to position yourself for the FedEx Cup, and and you're not going to play another major for eight months. So it's a little sense of urgency to get things done this week at Ball Patrol. Well, let's not forget this is the PGA Championship, so there are some club professionals that qualified. Uh, any anybody? To be honest, I don't know. Was there anybody from Florida, or uh, you know, is there a possibility of a, a miracle story here? Well, I don't know if it's a miracle story. It's tough for those guys. You know, uh, Matt Dobbins plays a lot on the PGA Tour, and he's done pretty well. And, uh, it's, I, I, I'm glad I see those guys in here. You know, it's, I applaud them. Rod Perry. He's a, Rod, a that's guy. right. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets, he gets here a bunch, you know. And I remember him a couple of years ago at Valhalla just talking about how long that golf course is for him. But uh, I'm sure his comfort level is pretty good because he plays here a fair amount. And it's just cool that those guys uh, get to tee it up, you know, there's there's a guy here, Rich Barbarian, from, uh, he's a New England guy, and he's out there playing with Rocco Media and Sean McKeel the next couple of days. So it's a great thrill for those guys. It's a big event for their families, and, and it's always fun to, to run into those guys and talk about their experience. Another great story with Jonathan Vegas winning at the RBC last week and uh, making his way into the PGA Championship. As we know, he's had a bunch of injuries and uh, maybe even looked looked at hanging up his stick. So, a, a, another great story coming into this major. Yeah, he's a hot guy. He's long. You know, it's just it's hard. He, he broke through and won uh, the, the old Bob Hope. You know, it's probably, what, five years ago, and it takes a long time. And uh, he played well in New Orleans. He played well at the Barbasol into the weekend and and uh, finally got it done. So it's good. And, and, you know, when you win like that, and all of a sudden you're the last guy in at PGA, you got to watch out for those guys. He's in great form and, and comes in here with some confidence and really nothing to lose. You know, this is going to be a week off, and, and now he's seen it up at the major, and he's back in Augusta the whole nine yards. So uh, it's, it's good. Those guys get some momentum, and you try to ride it out the best you can. We talked to you uh, when you were at Troon. Uh, what was it like to watch that final round, Jeff? Um, you know, that, that match between Phil and, and Stenson and, uh, you know, How's how's Henrik? You know, you think he's uh, is he running on fumes, or you know, do you give him a good shot at this since it was just a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, obviously in great form and, and coming off the round of his life, so why wouldn't you be confident? Uh, it was interesting, you know. We, we had a great time with him yesterday and spent a lot of time with him after his interview in the press room, and it was just really cool to hear him talk about it slowly sinking in how magical that Sunday was, uh, both for. You know, for Henrik, for Phil, and for golf. And uh, to have J. 
Jack Nicklaus weigh in and Tom Watson weigh in and saying that the quality of golf was better than it was in the Duel in the Sun. Uh, it's uh, big stuff, you know, and, and Henrik uh, went back to Sweden for a couple of days. Uh, he had an interview at a, at a charity event he does with Sergio that was carried across the nation. So it was obviously a huge event. He knew it was going to be big to break through uh, a Swedish male winning a major and, and then to be home and really feel it and see the joy and uh, enthusiasm of the people. It was just a really cool experience. So he's kind of still on cloud nine. Speaking of growing the game, did you happen to be in the uh, press conference with Jason, with today, Jason today? today? No, I, I didn't. Uh, I, I caught the afternoon stuff and wrote about Dustin Johnson today. Okay. There, there was some kid that was, um, you know, a young kid that was, was uh, asked Jason a question. I was just curious how he got picked. Uh, but it was just a terrific question asking about, you know, what Jason would recommend for young kids like himself growing up. I don't know if they just, you know, picked a kid out of a, out of a PGA program or something, but it was, it was really uh, probably the thrill of his life. Yeah, and I, I saw you gave him a nice answer, too. It is nice to get uh, some of these kids involved and see uh, the kind of the inner workings of a tournament like that. I think Jason's uh, advice to him was the, he liked playing a bunch of sports growing up and you know, I mean, I have three boys. I think it's kind of sad that uh, no matter what sport you seem to play these days, you have to specialize in that. It becomes a 12-month-a-year endeavor. You know, I felt lucky enough to be up in a, a Northeast kid who played uh, hockey and hockey season and baseball and baseball season and broke out the golf clubs every now and then. So uh, it's sad, I think, that these guys all specialize so early in one sport. And I think his advice was to kind of stay rounded and, play a bunch of stuff, and uh, and hopefully kids can do that. All right, Babs, um, we can uh, have all our listeners check out all the day-to-day coverage, golfweek.com. Any uh, uh, other special additions you have coming out? No, I mean, we got we got a full course here, so we'll have stuff all week long, wall-to-wall. And, of course, we have two people at the uh, Women's British Open this week, so huge week for us, and uh, we'll, we'll keep it crank it out there if people want to check us out on the web all right our very own jeff babino from right here in orlando and uh head writer for golf week golfweek.com thanks babs appreciate it so much you got it holly g all Take right care. you're listening to golf insiders 96.9 the game much more golf talk stay with us hey harry thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us well it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you that's just the way it is don't play a pebble won't pay the price I love my muni I think it's nice we're back the golf insiders taking you home on the fairways of i4 in the house Holly G Kevin Sternett from the Golden Bear Club and will Perry tweeting away, keeping you connected, and uh, we are just running through this hour. So much golf talk on the eve of the fourth major of the year, PGA Championship. Yes, if many of you are confused, if you thought maybe you, you know, fell asleep and what, we're not in August? No. Uh, Due to the schedule with the Olympics, the PGA Championship is this week, and we'll waste no more time. We're going to go to a guy that's just been all over the globe the last few weeks. Todd Lewis, our very own Todd Lewis from Orlando in the Golf Channel, checking in with us. Hi, my friend. Hey, Ali, how are you? Very great. Who does all your dry cleaning? <laughs> what hotel I'm staying at. 
it can't be easy. I know all you guys are just uh, feel like you're on a on a marathon schedule right now. Uh, so fill us in what's happened out there. Um, press conferences the last couple of days. Uh, Phil, how's he how's he uh, looking? Well, I mean, Phil and I think everybody uh, in the field that at least competed at World Troon in the Open, um, they're just trying to gather themselves mentally more than physically and prepare for what's going to be another grueling test. And uh, at every PGA Tour event, you have to have your A game mentally, but it's even more accentuated at a major championship for a couple of reasons. One, generally, you've got a very difficult golf course that you have to tackle. And secondly, you are going up against a world-class field uh, that's only seen um, four, five, six times a year. So I, I think that's the biggest thing for these guys. I don't think physically they're stressed, but, I mean, mentally they have to come here to uh, Baltus Raw ready to go. Obviously, I saw uh, Hideki out at the Golden Bear Club the other day practicing, getting his uh, getting his groove in. Um, uh, but uh, I want to know, how's Henrik doing? You know, he's probably got a lot of media questions to answer this week. He's probably really, I mean, he's been excited and, you know, celebrating with all his friends and his family back home. I, I'm assuming he went back home last week, right? Well, he the, actually the day after winning the Open, he um, lived up to a commitment he made with Sergio Garcia right. and flew to Switzerland, um, competed in Garcia's foundation event, raised a lot of money, uh, so it was super nice. And then he went to Sweden. When That's the home he went to. He lives in Orlando, too, but he went to Sweden with his family, hung out there, kind of decompressed a bit, did some stuff with the Swedish media there, um, and then flew here to the United States. I talked with Henrik, and um, he seems like he's in great spirits, as he generally is. He was joking. Um, and I think, you know, this could open the floodgates for Henrik. He's a very young 40, um, and finally having the tangible evidence that all this hard work that he's put in over the years is paying off is something that's refreshing to him. And, he, and think about this. Three years ago, in 2013, he went on one of those magical rolls when he won the FedEx Cup easily. Then he went to the European Tours Race to Dubai series and won that. He was the first to win the FedEx Cup and the Race to Dubai. So when he starts playing well, wins come in bunches. And your listeners may not know this, but in June after the U.S. Open, he won in Germany on the European Tour. I think that filled his tank with confidence that he took the world troon. And now, obviously, with the victory in the Open, he comes here to the United States at the PGA Championship with even more confidence. We could see one of those momentum runs from Henrik Stinson that we saw back in 2013. I couldn't agree more, Todd. I brought that up last week. I remember thinking that Henrik was going to be the next it guy after that run that he made through the Tour Championship and, mm-hmm. and the FedEx Cup. And, you know, because his put- putter just, you know, was was on fire during that stretch. And he's, you know, just got that demeanor as well as the fact, which a lot of people don't know, he went through that terrible slump from like 2010 to 13. So, you know, this guy's been through it all. Right, he travels the world. He, um, you know, he, he's battle tested. Obviously, he's had his share of disappointments. He's been through valleys, as you mentioned, where he went well, well off the grid when it comes to being a world class player. Um, but I, you know, I, yeah, you know, pulling out. Not just talking about Henrik. It's so funny how we were talking about at the beginning of the year as a big three with 
with Rory and Jordan and Jason and these 20-somethings, and these guys are still searching for their first major championship, and you get two veterans in their 40s, and Phil Mickelson and Hendrick Stenson putting on one of the showdowns for the ages. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, I, I, again, this is just how golf is. You know, it, it's easy to say that it's a young game, a power game and all that, but experience and having control of your emotions and your mentality is a big, significant key to have success, and we saw that with Phil and Hendrick at the Open. Well, another guy that I would love to see break through if we're talking about the trend, you know, for the first-time winners is Lee Westwood. 18 top 10s in majors without a win, including his runner-up at the Masters this year. This guy deserves it. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's a former number one player in the world, um, and he... Maybe besides Sergio Garcia with Dustin Johnson now off that list, maybe best player without a major. You know, it's probably 1 and 1A between those two. That dreaded um, title. Yeah, well, actually, I think it's a flattering title, to be honest with you. I think, you know, yeah, I, I, but, I mean, but it shows how we measure greatness, rightly or wrongly, by major championships. I, at least playing for a lot more than to try to win a major championship. If you get double points, Ryder Cup points here this week, and Lee is kind of on the fringe of making that European Ryder Cup team. He has kind of had a renaissance year compared to last year when he was going through a divorce, trying to get his personal life situated, which it seems like he has done so. Um, so he would love to have yet another experience from the European Ryder Cup team, especially with his dearest friend in the game, Darren Clark, captain for the European team. So, you know, he's got the immediate pressure of trying to win, which is generally internal, the immediate pressure of trying to win a major championship but also some peripheral pressure of trying to play well enough to somewhat secure a spot as he moves through the schedule of playing for Europe and Ryder Cup. Okay, everybody knows my sentimental pick is Sergio. Every major. I was there in 1998 when he hit that shot on the 16th fairway at Medina, standing right behind him. I almost ran up the fairway with him. And, man, I've been in Sergio's court ever since. You know, that enthusiasm, that, like, eager beaverness he had when he came out. I'd love to see him get it done. Well, I think he's one of two or three players that you can look at this week. If you had to pick a short list of favorites or make a short list of favorites, I think he's on it. You remember he was in the mix at the U.S. Open at Oakmont. He finished top five at the Open. Um, but I think more than anything, I've seen some maturity um, with Sergio as of late. He's 36 now. Um, it, it's, it's remarkable. You talk about Sergio. You know, it, it, A lot of people don't realize that Sergio is younger than Henrik because Henrik hasn't been on the golf scene as long as Sergio has. We saw him grow up uh, right before our eyes. Um, but he's got some maturity now. I feel like... In his press conference, if you go back and watch it on Golf Channel today or go on our app or online and listen to some of those clips, um, you can tell that he is in a place where he used to blame all of his problems on everybody else. Now it's not that case. It, it, he's not that way. And so I, I think he has a tremendous control of his emotions. Um, and, yeah, I think, I, I think he could easily be in the mix on the back nine come Sunday. All right, so now it's that time. I'm going to – Ask you for your pick. Who's going to be holding up the Wanamaker Trophy on Sunday? Well, again, because I said this when they were going to World True, you got to look at guys in form right now because, A, it's a different golf course than they played last year, just like three of the four major championships are. 
but because of the schedule and the condensed schedule the way it is right now, I I, I think you got to go with guys who are playing well. And the guys who've been playing the best, in my opinion, over the last month are three guys, and those and that's Henrik Stenson, Dustin Johnson, and Sergio Garcia. You could say why not Phil Mickelson? Phil Mickelson had not been playing well until he entered World True. Now, he may carry some of the momentum here, but I think the biggest thing that Phil's going to have to wrestle with is the disappointment of playing so great on Sunday and ultimately not winning. Now, he's got two directions he'd go there. Can I live in the positives from that experience, or do I live in the disappointment? And I'm interested to see where he goes. But I think Dustin Johnson, Sergio, um, or Henrik, I think those guys will be in the mix come Sunday. Went with a Holly G pick. He took three. I love it. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's hard to pick one. I, mean, I know. Yeah, I can't pick one in golf. Are you crazy? I, he, I hear you. Todd Lewis of the Golf Channel, we always appreciate your time, my friend. Check out all the wall-to-wall coverage on the Golf Channel, Morning Drive, and Live From, and we'll be watching your reports. Thank you so much. You got it. All right, you're listening to Golf Insiders. We have more golf talk, more PGA Championship preview coming up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all We're back. Right. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. Holly G, Kevin Sternett, and Will Perry. And we're going to waste no more time because uh, we've still got some more, uh, some more major conversation to talk about here. And we're going to go to Steve Eubanks from Global Golf Post to uh, fill us in quickly on what's happening with the LPGA the UL International Crown, big victory for the USA squad, Steve, and a major for the LPGA, the British Women's British Open coming right alongside the PGA Championship. It's a crazy week in golf. It really is a crazy week, and it's one of those things where because of the Olympics, we have a dueling majors this week. The good news is uh, because of the time zone difference, you can get all the golf you want and all of it major. Uh, watch the women in the morning and the uh, and the PGA Championship in the afternoon. It'll be a lot of fun. I love it. Uh, great win by uh, Team USA. Lexi Thompson, Stacey Lewis, Jarena Piller, and Christy Kerr. Christy Kerr, man, putting lights out. She really was. It was a, it was great because they'd been shut out on the first day. I mean, England ended up uh, kind of give, leaving them with no points. It was a 4-0 victory for England. And, and you kind of thought at that point, wow, here's another letdown for a U.S. team. But, man, did they ever rally. It was, uh, it was a great four days of golf all around. And, and to see the emotion and the enthusiasm that that team held when they won this thing, I think it did more for this event to have the Americans win it than anything possibly could have. Because now in two years you're going to Korea and you've got the Americans holding the crown and, and the Koreans really wanting. Yeah, it sets up a great, uh, great future match. And as we were talking about last week, this is really a, a, a very cool concept that Mike Wan came up with and created a way for uh, you know, all the Asian players to feel like they were playing for their country. Yeah, it's been, it was fantastic. I mean, this thing could eventually, in my estimation, surpass the Solheim Cup for that very reason. I mean, you've got people out there playing for their flag, for their country, and it's the entire world that has a chance to qualify and be involved. Yeah, I have a question for you, Steve. 
Is it possible that the USA could not qualify in two years being the defending champion like Spain did? I can't see it happening, but it certainly is possible, yeah. I mean, you you know, obviously you take the top eight teams, and for the United States to fall uh, below the eighth-ranked team in the world in terms of the world rankings it would be uh, it would be a stretch. I mean, it's certainly possible, but it uh, it would be something that I would. Uh, I'm just I'd asking because I mean, Spain wasn't there, you know, and I'd hate it. You know, you say it's going to be as big as the Solheim Cup, or it could be, and you know, USA competing against Korea on their home field. But I mean, what if we don't make it? Golly, yeah, that's that, a that big carrot. Good. <laughs> that, that would be a rough one right there. But, I, again, I, I don't see how it could happen. Obviously, it could. Spain didn't qualify. But uh, but I, given the quality of the talent that's coming up in the American ranks, I think they're going to be there for a while. So what kind of course are they playing over in uh, in England? Uh, Parkland, it, it's actually, you know, um, it, Wolverine has, has three golf courses, and I've, I've played them, and in my estimation, it's the worst of the three. Now, it's the easiest to get spectators around, um, but it's very much like uh, what we played this last week in Chicago. I mean, it's like the Merritt Club. Uh, you've got a lot of fields that are nearby, but um, uh, kind of an American-style parkland golf course. Um, so I think it will suit players like Jarena Pillar because it's been rather uh, wet and soft over there, so you got to hit it high and, and carry it a long way. Uh, I, I expect her to play really well. Who do you think is best positioned, best in form right now uh, of the Americans to to uh, get up, you know, to win this major? I'd say it's Tarina. Despite the fact she doesn't have a victory yet, I mean, in terms of having her entire game together, she had the best putting weekend of her career last week. Uh, and I think that has been what's held her back historically. And she's gaining the confidence now. She told me that she uh, she finally just had to realize that that she does things a little differently. She's got a long, flowing stroke, and she's just got to be confident and go with that. Uh, and and once she does that, I think she's going she's gonna to break through and, uh, and win many times. All right, Steve. Well, of course, you've covered many a major on uh, all the tours. Uh, turning to Baldestral, we've been talking about what a great track this is. Um, you know, Tillinghast design, uh, just one of the classics. Who are you keeping your eye on? Words I never thought I would say in 2016. You got to think Phil Mickelson's the favorite. I mean, who would have thought at this stage in his career we would be talking about him as being a favorite coming into the PGA Championship? But clearly, he's got a lot of confidence on this golf course. And after his performance at Troon, he's he's playing better than anyone. He's driving it better than he ever has in his career, which is really something. And uh, I, you know, at this age, you never would have thought he'd be the uh, the leading contender in a major, but I don't know how he could not be. Well, I think it also gives some hope for some of the quote-unquote older 40-somethings. We were talking last uh, segment about Lee Westwood. Uh, Steve Stricker, how about, uh, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a solid striker of the golf ball, keeps it in the fairway. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this earlier today. When Nicholas won at 46, everybody thought he was ancient, you know. But now we're talking about 46-year-old as being the favorite because it's not as old now as it was 30 years ago. I mean, guys who are 46 now are not the same, are, are not the same age as the guys who were 46 in 1986. Well, we were also talking about the PGA being one of those tournaments where sometimes, you know, you have the one-hit wonders that uh, come out of the blue Kevin, you were mentioning. Don Hamilton, Ben Curtis, uh, Sean McKeel. Do you think we're going to have somebody like that, Steve? 
it, it's very possible. I mean, you, you could have, uh, you know, somebody who's, who's won victory in the last four or five years is this championship. It, it, it happens a lot, but courses like Baltus Raw tend to weed those people out. I mean, if you look at the, the courses where those sorts of things have happened, very few of them have been some of these classic venues. Well, you know, if I were to look at the one major that's starting to seem like, um, you know, his comfort zone, uh, it would be the PGA Championship for Rory, especially, you know, uh, after that victory in 2014. And, of course, yeah, Kiowa. I mean, he, he, yeah, where, where he had the runaway. I mean, it's uh, uh, he loves the, these types of golf courses where it gives him a little breathing room. Uh, he can go ahead and and, uh, and hit the driver hard, uh, and then and then you know t- take his irons and and uh, and stuff them from wherever he happens to drive it. So uh, you know, I, this may be the one that, that brings him back, but I still say he has got to gain confidence with the putter. You know, that gap four footer is in there somewhere, and that eventually costs you. All right, Steve, who do you think's going to be hoisting the Wanamaker Trophy on Sunday? I, I cannot believe I'm saying it, but I think it's Phil Mickelson. I like that pick. I like that pick. All right. As always, you can check out Global Golf Post. Steve Eubanks and his crew, they are the best in the business. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Holly. See you soon. All right, guys. Quick. We're going around the horn here. Kevin? All right. So I know what a fan you are of Victor Dubuisson. Victor Duby. I'm not picking him. Okay. But I think if we're going to go who's never won a major, Brent Sneedaker is my pick. Good pick, the Sneeds. I had on my. He was one that I had on my short list as well. So I'll piggyback you on that. No <laughs> piggybacking. No, he played well last week. <laughs> well, I can't take Sergio because you're going to take Sergio. <laughs> All right. So, how about Cooch? Cooch. Not a fan. No. Uh, I'll just pick two because you always pick three. Right. So I'll take Snedeker and Garcia. How about Aaron Badalay? No. He's coming right. off his Barbasol win. How about Hideki Matsuyama? He hasn't won a major. Sure. I'm going with Sergio, the Golf Insiders PGA Championship all this weekend. Weekend. We love you. Stay listening. We'll be back next week. Bye bye.